Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Dark Vale. We're your hosts, Tori and John. Dark Vale is a podcast that discusses the darker side of life. We aren't professionals on any of the topics we discuss. We do as much research as we can, and we do try to be as accurate as possible. However, no one's perfect, and neither are we. Because we're discussing the darker side of things, this podcast is best listened to by a mature audience. Each episode may contain mild swearing and our own personal opinions, as well as my mild list. So sit back and get ready to podcast and chill. Hello, and welcome to Dark Vale. Um, With our podcasts, we're going to, in general, have themes and really specific things that we talk about. But today, for our very first podcast, we thought it would be fun to uh, lift the dark veil from some unexplained or mysterious situations that, that are true that both John and I just generally thought was interesting. And the next podcast will probably have like one more specific um, topic that we talk about. But for the first one, we're just going to throw out some interesting things and have a discussion. Yeah. And so for today, uh, with our first one and, and that, we decided that we would each pick two stories or at least stories that are based on actual events or or what have you um the fun part is that the two stories that i picked tori knows nothing about like i haven't told her what they are about and she's picked two that she hasn't told me what they're about so it should um spawn some fun and interesting dialogue and so I'll start with my first one anyway. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It is about the death of Elisa Lam. And I've heard for sure one podcast uh, about this story. And it was very interesting. And I remember when this came out in the news and I first heard about it. Um, it's, it's about a girl that was vacationing through the West Coast in uh, Los Angeles. Yeah. And uh, she was staying at a hotel. She was documenting her trip on her blog, uh, checking in with her parents every day. But suddenly, on January 31st, those calls stopped. Um, she had vanished. There, there seemed to be really no trace of her. Uh, eventually, the police got involved. Her parents even came down to help with the search. And they just couldn't find anything. Um, by February, the LAPD had released some elevator surveillance footage of Elisa Lamb before her disappearance. Um, in their released footage, it showed um, Elisa Lamb behaving strangely in an elevator, appearing to talk with invisible people, looking around the corner of the door, crouching in the corner of the elevator, and opening and closing the door. But uh, what was actually going on in the video just seemed to raise more questions than any actual answers. There is a lot of theories uh, people were having from psychotic episodes uh, to she was possibly demonically possessed, uh, unknown assailants that might be just out of the camera's view, um, but no no actual real answer for for her strange behavior. Um, around that same time, some of the hotel guests started reporting weird things happening. Uh, with the hotel's water supply. Uh, uh, one lady was quoted with saying the shower was awful. Uh, she had spent eight days there during the investigation. She said when you turn 
the tap on, the water was coming black at first and two seconds, uh, it was coming black at first for about two seconds and then it was going back to normal. Uh, she said the tap water tasted horrible, had a very funny, sweet, disgusting taste. It was a very strange taste. Um, I can't imagine. Um, but for a week, uh, she had never complained about it. They really thought nothing of it. They just thought that's just the way it is here. But on the morning of February 19th, so from January 31st all the way to February 19th, that's quite an amount of time, uh, a hotel employee climbed to the roof and used a ladder to check out the hotel's water storage tanks. And what they found there was the decomposing body of Elisa Lamb, whose personal items were found nearby. Um, that's horrifying. Yikes. Yeah, <clears throat> I couldn't imagine uh, being in that hotel and showering to clean myself in the in that water or drinking it. Oh, especially drinking it. Or putting some into a pot of water, like uh, putting some water in a pot to maybe boil some pasta, <laughs> some potatoes. Ugh. I it's disgusts me. But um, okay, so her body was decomposing. Where? In the so the so in this hotel, they have like large water storage tanks on the top. Yeah. That kind of helps supply the demand of water, I think, for for the people <coughs> staying in the hotel. And she... So her body was decomposing and, like, leaking into the water supply for the hotel? Yeah, like, directly into the pipes. Excuse me. So... <laughs> it's not funny, but, man, that is nasty. Yeah. I... I couldn't imagine. I thought I remember hearing way back to when the news release, or when it first came out on the news, that uh, some of the residents that were staying there, um, or patrons or whatever you call them, uh, were trying to sue the hotel for it. And... Did they... Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself and I'm cutting you off. No, that's okay. I was just thinking, like, what happened to her? Uh, well, so they're not exactly sure. Um, it says, it said that there, an autopsy had been performed and her death was labeled accidental. Um, um but at the, at the same time, uh, a news station in Los Angeles was reporting, um, about some strange circum circumstances in the hotel's past. So, uh, okay, so just one last thing on the actual uh, tanks that are on top of this hotel. Uh, just to even be able to access the roof, like the fact that she accessed the roof is weird because um, access... So, a little bit more about actually even be able, being able to get onto the roof and access the large water storage tanks. Um, they have a fairly large lid that's pretty heavy. Like for one person, in the podcast I listened to, it said for one person to be able to lift the lid on their own would be a struggle, let alone unlatching it lifting it, putting yourself in it, and then reclosing the lid. Oh. So that's a weird part to the story. And the the actual authorities that investigated also said that uh, access to the roof, uh, the door is secured with an alarm and a lock. So her opening that door just to get up there should have sounded an alarm um, that should have been noticed by somebody between mm -hmm. 
January 31st and February 19th. So, sh so basically to recap this, I just want to make sure I got this right. So she was staying at a hotel and then she disappeared basically. And then her body was found inside a water tank that's on the roof of the hotel. Yep. With the lid on it. Yes. I do believe the lid was on it. Now, that I'm not 100% sure. I can't remember from the podcast I listened to if the lid was on it. And what I was looking at uh, today about that story, it didn't actually specify the lid was on it. So maybe making mention that the lid was on it was... Uh, is not necessarily accurate, but getting that lid off in general, yeah, like I, I don't know, I couldn't, I it, it's not obviously going to be some sort of just plastic, like lightweight lid, um, and obviously these whatever latches are used on it don't have locks. It maybe is just some sort of like click down latch. I don't know, but it's just very, very strange. Yeah. To, to, to even be able to get up there and access them and, and that, but something that is rather interesting too, this hotel actually has a bit of a, an unusual history that dates back as far as the sixties with um some deaths um and some unexplained occurrences even then um in 1962 it's reported that uh, a female occupant jumped out of one of the hotel's uh windows uh it doesn't actually specify what floor but it was high enough that she killed herself and the pedestrian she landed on. Oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Now, what are the odds? That sounds insane. Yeah. The odds that you're walking down the street and a body just lands on you and kills you. Oh, man. Like, that's, that's crazy. Um, in, in the 1980s, there was a serial killer. Uh, he was... Uh, dubbed the Night Stalker. His name was Richard Ramirez. He was found guilty of 14 slayings. Um, oh, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah. the name sounded familiar. Um, but he lived on the 14th floor for several months. And uh, there was also another serial killer. Um, I'm not 100% sure how to say the last name. Uh, Jack... Unterweger. So if I said that wrong, uh, my apologies. Uh, but he is suspected of murdering, murdering uh, three prostitutes during the time he lived there in 1991. And he ended up killing himself in jail in 1994. So it's funny to... Because to, I've watched the actual... Uh, released footage of her in the elevator and it is very, it is very weird um, the way she's acting and reacting but to what uh, no clue um, but I feel like it raises some ideas that you know maybe maybe it's a bit of a, a haunted hotel maybe there's a bit of paranormal activity maybe she was seeing things you know there's a lot of strange unexplained happenings with uh elisa lamb that i don't know i find it i find it super interesting because it's never been explained and yeah. and there's actually some some history with some deaths in that same hotel what yeah, do you think i think that it's really crazy that like Richard Ramirez or is that his name? The Night yeah. Stalker? Yeah. Um, stayed there and that there was other 
like kind of nuts people that stayed there and hurt people and stuff and then <clears throat> her body is just mysteriously in the water tank and they're calling it an accidental death that's weird like yeah how do you accidentally end up in the water storage tanks to a hotel yeah <clears throat> not much sounds accidental about that one that sounds like that place has like a really weird energy or something yeah huh that was a neat story thanks yeah that's that's what i've got for that one uh, really, as soon as I seen that one, uh, I was like, ah, I gotta, I gotta do this one. I remember just how interesting that was for me. So anyway, um, moving on, we will go to one of the stories that Tori has picked now. All right, so I kind of just want to make it clear that when we talked about this episode... And when we decided that we were both going to look for, like, a cool article or a neat <clears throat> story and stuff, like, we parted ways with me believing that we were looking at paranormal stuff. And your story was kind of not very paranormal. And you didn't follow the rules, John. Well. <laughs> I, I was just kidding, but. Yeah. <clears throat> but no, I get what you're saying, because mine is actually mostly just an unexplained death. But while I was reading it, what I did like is that it could actually contain a bit of the paranormal with the actual um, murders that have happened there. There's been a suicide now, and, and that. So yeah. to me, it's still... It was like on the edge kind of the cusp of the paranormal yeah um my my stuff isn't super paranormal either but um <clears throat> so the story that i wanted to talk about is so we're canadian and we live in alberta and there is a really famous hotel in in banff which oh. is a big national park in Alberta. And I'm pretty sure it's famous worldwide. Well, it has to be, but I don't know how well-known it is. But yep. um, it's the Banff Springs Hotel, which I think is actually now called Fairmont Hotel, I think. But the Banff Springs Hotel is what I grew up thinking it was called. So um, I'm going to talk about it because it's also got some history to it that's really interesting um it was built in 1888 and um basically it's in a big national park and i don't know if you know much about it but i've been there more than once in real life and it like legitimately reminds you of the like the creepiest oldest hotel ever and it looks to me like really similar to the hotel that's in the shining by stephen king oh yeah yeah and there's a lot of rumors <laughs> that um like people speculate that his book and movie the shining um is based on a real story that happened at that hotel slash that hotel like but i couldn't read anything that actually like i couldn't find anything that actually confirmed that stephen king had ever even known it existed even so yeah um but there is a legend that a man and a wife and his daughter stayed in a room there and the man pretty much killed his family and then I don't know what it's rumored to have happened after that but there's a rumor that like there's a little girl that is haunting the hotel and um the most well-known um haunting is probably um 
a bride that apparently got married or was about to get married I'm not really sure but then she like tripped on her dress and like fell down some stairs and broke her neck I think is kind of the main story Oof. and there's actually really no proof for any of this stuff like nobody has any confirmed stories for any of this yeah there's also a story that Sam the bellman is haunting it but he's a nice ghost and stuff but um <clears throat> Sam the bellman yeah but I went there once and I like walked around the hotel and it was really creepy and I walked like up and down the hallways and stuff and was looking around but I didn't I wasn't staying at the hotel so I didn't get to um like go in a room or anything yeah but there's also this like big myth and a lot of thrill seekers go to the Bamp Springs Hotel to look for room 873 because apparently um this room had like a bloody handprint that kept appearing on the mirror and the housekeeping couldn't like keep it clean and it was messy and people that had stayed there were reporting that they were getting like tortured i don't know tormented <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. um not tortured and um apparently like the 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 myth is is that this room got sealed up and they no longer use it but the truth is, is that if you go there, you actually can't see even where it would have been boarded up. Like, it kind of doesn't exist. So, a lot of people think that it never existed and it's just, like, another, like, big story about the hotel. And this hotel is big. Like, I never looked up how many square feet it is. But, I mean, like, for a lot of people, it would easily be, like the biggest building single hotel you've ever seen in your life probably oh yeah like it's huge i've never been in it but i remember uh my dad uh took me and my sister for a little drive around it <clears throat> excuse me and and huge i've never seen a hotel that big and beautiful yeah but yeah gigantic um I guess one thing that else that I wanted to mention is that um, with room 873, a lot of people think that that room would have had to exist because apparently on every hotel floor, there's a room that ends in 73. Yeah. Like there's 273, 373, but on the eighth floor, there is no 873 and... So I guess that's kind of a little bit of evidence that it it might be likely it existed, but I think that's really interesting too. But like, this is the kind of old hotel that has like ballrooms in it and like gathering places and it's like European style and fancy. It's actually like sometimes called like a, like a castle and stuff. Yeah. Like it's big. And it's just really neat to be at. And in fact, the the bride ghost that supposedly haunts it is so famous that they actually put her on a stamp in like 2014 oh, in wow. Canada. That is so cool. that, yeah, that's kind of neat. And I guess the conversation that I kind of wanted to have based on that, besides like it's neat, um, is would you ever want to stay in a hotel that has that kind of like history? Would you stay one in one or I, have you stayed in a haunted hotel? I've never, I've never stayed in any hotel that had any reported ghost sightings or, or spiritual activity or anything like that. But, um, I would, I, I would absolutely <clears throat> stay in a hotel that was reporting some uh, different activity or some unexplained events. Uh, now, would I stay in the actual room if, uh, if say, 
said room existed in the hotel? Eh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. It would depend, I guess. On what? <laughs> uh, maybe the actual activity that's being reported. Now, if you're talking about uh, some jostling books or a light going on and off, yeah, that'd be cool. But yeah, if we're talking like like an actual malevolent experience, like uh, super terrifying, because I I personally I believe in spirits, uh, good and evil, um, stuff like that. So. Would I want to put myself in a situation that uh, might be too much for me? Eh, I don't think so. But would I like to experience something? I'd like to experience something. I think that would be neat. How about yourself? Would you... What would you do? I think we both know that I would. I absolutely would. Yeah. I would stay... I would probably even stay in one that had more mischievous reports. Um... Would I stay in one where someone has claimed that they're, like, physically actually hurt? No, I wouldn't. But would I stay in one where beds are getting shooken and um, people feel like they're getting touched? I uh, probably. I wouldn't want that to happen, but I would probably still stay there. Um, yeah. I feel like I... Sorry. Um... I feel like I could handle, like, a bed shaking. That wouldn't be too, too bad. But being touched? Eh. Nope. No thanks. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's weird, though, because... It's like you always hear stories about... Like, being haunted. And the ghost is always, like... Like a Victorian girl that died of influenza or something, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, yeah. it's never, like, Tom the Golfer from, like, 1980 or something. So, I think, sometimes I think possible stories of hauntings are, like, sensationalized, too. Yeah. So, I, I totally believe in paranormal stuff and ghosts, but... I think there's some hype going on with that. So maybe the fact that I'm like talking smack about these ghosts means that they're going to visit us tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want Excuse that to me. happen. I really don't. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah. So if you ever have a chance to like go there or Google, Google it, it's a really pretty like iconic hotel in Alberta and Canada and it's pretty neat it is it is and it's set in the Rockies yeah like it's just beautiful scenery all around it yeah and the Rockies I was reading too the Rocky Mountains that whole area is basically like this is something that I'd have to do more reading and stuff and research on but um Apparently, it's, like, there's, like, points of the world that are, like, um, like, vibrational hot spots for, like, phenomenon and oh, stuff. Yeah. And I don't know if it's specifically where the Banff Springs Hotel is, but I do know that, like, the Rocky Mountains in general are considered one of those spots where, like, more phenomenon is, um like attracted to oh yeah yeah so that's really neat as that's well that's super interesting yeah that's awesome yeah we should definitely look up more on that because yeah i'd like to i'd like to know more about that myself too yeah that's awesome all right so what was your next thing that you had <clears throat> okay so my my next one absolutely doesn't involve the paranormal and it's on the cusp of the unexplained. So ah, sweet. So, I, again, you didn't follow <laughs> any of the rules. That's yeah. cool. Uh, well, yeah. I uh, So, I I was able... I feel like I was able to get into, like, some gray area because there is a bit of the unexplained. But yeah. other than that, um, it's just something that I absolutely would find terrifying. Um, if this happened to me 
or or anybody I knew. I just just even knowing the story of it makes me not even be able to fathom what would have been going through their heads the whole time. Um, anyhow, um, so this one is a story of a couple that were scuba diving at the Great Barrier Reef in Australia. Uh, this was happening in 1998, and they went on a boat with a bunch of other people, went and did some scuba diving together, and everybody got back onto that boat except them two. They were still scuba diving. There was somehow a mess up of the head count of people on the boat, so they counted, I don't know, however many people were there and missed two of them, but still counted what they thought was a correct number and left. Oh. They left this couple in the middle of the ocean scuba diving alone. Huh. You would think that they would have, like, a protocol where they not only, like, count heads, but they're also counting, like, gear that have been turned in or something yeah like two different maybe three different like things that have to add up before <laughs> yeah you know they're counted as being that's actually scary because being on a cruise is like one of my nightmares for reasons like that yeah exactly i i used to always think that it would be cool to go on a cruise but then just just seeing nothing but water that's <laughs> yeah. all you can see around you you don't see any land and even when you do see land it's a distance that you'd never be able to swim to yeah <clears throat> um if something happened that would be terrifying yeah it's also like in a very foreign place to you too like very unfamiliar like even if you're like oh the land is a small swim away but like when you get there maybe there's like a language barrier or like you need transportation to even get somewhere that would help you like all those things are very scary i've always been very scared of not only quicksand yeah but um and that's not just conducive to a cruise that's just any time yeah um like a whale is capsizing your boat or i don't know Anyways. well that's that's exactly it um when i think when anybody goes on a cruise nobody's researching what uh what animals might be in the ocean what they might have to worry about you're just going on a cruise you're not even thinking about it yeah right and i guess if you're going scuba diving you have probably done some research or at least the the guides know the waters, but um, I know nothing about the Great Barrier Reef, yeah. except that it's beautiful from the TV screen. It's also fairly dangerous in itself, too. Yeah, yeah, just the reef alone. Yeah. It, getting, it, it's very sharp and jagged. Like, yeah. it's very easy to get hurt and injured. Um, but yeah, anyway, so... They messed up on the head count. It took the diving company two days to even realize... No. Yeah, that that uh, these two people were missing because it, it was two days before they found on the boat that they took out there those people's um, personal effects. Oh, um, wow. <clears throat> so, months... Months have gone by now, and they find the the man... So, of this couple, they find the man's dive slate. Now, I'm not 100% sure what a dive slate is, but from what I was reading, it's essentially like something you can write on underwater. Um, maybe you can write a message to whoever's scuba diving with you or something. I don't, I'm not 100% sure, but um, they found his dive slate anyway. 100 miles north of their original disappearance. And what was written on it was 
We have been abandoned. Help. Um, that's eerie. Yeah, that is horrible. <laughs> um, but they eventually, their dive jackets, one of the woman's uh, dive fins, uh, eventually washed ashore. But there was no signs of a shark attack or any other violent activity. Now, I absolutely believe that they became food. But one of the stranger theories is that it was, and I don't know how, but it was a, a murder-suicide pact. And I don't know how that would be a murder-suicide pact to just throw yourselves in the middle of the ocean and, like, how do you how do you do that one? One of you is bait and then the other one just offs themselves somehow? Or... Yeah, I guess, <laughs> like, maybe if I held your head under water and killed you and then waited for... A be, shark? Yeah, of? to become food eventually. Yeah, that seems very unlikely. Right. So that's so that's the very gray area where mine becomes an unexplained because they can't actually prove they're eaten by sharks. I absolutely feel like it's the most likely outcome. And even if they weren't eaten by sharks, they became food for something because they either drowned, uh, starved to death, died of dehydration... Um, like there's a, a ton of reasons that they would not be able to survive floating in the middle of the ocean. I don't know how warm it gets down in the Great Barrier Reef, but the water might be fairly chilly. Yeah. I feel like that's a touristy area though. Like, yeah, you'd think that no there'd be some traffic. Seen them? Yeah. Hmm. yeah. But that's the other. That's what brings the fear of the, like, the expanse of the ocean. Yeah. Is you're a needle in a haystack with waves, you know, not even big waves, but just little waves are enough, being far enough away to make you just, you're invisible. Like, you can't even be seen. A yeah. wave is blocking anybody's view of you. And... And that I just, I thought about that one and the one that I was almost going to go with before this one was Jaws is actually inspired by true events of a real great white shark. Um, so I went with this one anyway, because this one's actually more terrifying. And the reason being is just being left in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, good point. That is horrifying. Yeah. it <clears throat> Jaws spawned. Uh, a ridiculous fear of water for me when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Any any water I couldn't see the bottom in. Um, even as far as the deep end of the swimming pool when I was young. <clears throat> like, no, quite young, obviously, right? But um, that I needed goggles. I needed to be able to see. <laughs> and, and that. So, so, but even to this day, I I fear what I can't see. I don't want to go to the middle of a lake and then just bob around for a bit. Because <laughs> I don't know what's going to take a little munch on one of my toes. or <laughs> that's, that's eerie to me. Yeah, that is very strange. So, they literally never got anything more than that note that said we've been abandoned or whatever yeah so that to me right there says murder suicide pact <laughs> yeah it's probably a no exactly right oh yeah that's creepy so yeah i'm guessing something ate them <laughs> yeah that's that's the only thing and even if nothing ate them then they died of some sort of a natural cause. Yeah, because humans don't live in the water. It's not their living environment, yeah. so... We haven't got gills yet, so that's not happening. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really crazy story. And that happened in 1998, so hopefully they have better measures <laughs> yeah. for how to keep everyone together, because... Yeah, you, you at least hope so, that a couple decades has taught yeah some learnings from something like that and that's not a a regular occurrence 
Well, I guess we're never going to the ocean ever, John. No, I think uh, the ocean is best viewed from a sandy beach with a nice cold drink in hand. Or from the internet on a picture. Maybe? Yes. There is that one too. The, the comfort of your own home, you really can just bring the beach to you. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised you didn't pick a flying one. Because I know you're pretty terrified of flying too. Oh, that'll be uh, for sure in a future one, I'm sure. Because I really don't like flying at all. So basically, you're painting a picture showing me that we're just staying home and anywhere we can drive for the rest of our lives? Well, I feel like I can... I could definitely muster a flight, probably. Yeah. But I might need... Drinks and maybe... Cheap drugs. Yeah, anxiety medication. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, well, that one was um, not the kind of story I was expecting, but I can see how it would play into this kind of interesting and scary theme thing yeah it's i don't know yeah it's i think it's a good one just because it it does the 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 unknown of the ocean is fascinating but definitely i think invokes fear in a lot of people yeah and also it's scary too because we often hear of like the same stories are the same kind of stories over and over again. And we often, like, those get so sensationalized that I think we forget the terrifying stories that happen to, like, everyday people that you don't actually hear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're way more common than any of us even suspect, right? Yeah. It's kind of like how... When we're kids, our parents teach us a lot about, like, stranger danger and don't talk to people you don't know and you come up with maybe, like, a code word or uh, don't answer the door if you're home alone or something, this and that. But the truth is, is that it's actually far more common to get hurt or abducted or, like, abused by somebody you already know. Yeah. And I feel like... People don't realize some of this everyday stuff that happens far more often um, and like how these things happen. So yeah, like disappearing and never being heard from again from a kind of like pretty easy to understand like afternoon dive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's creepy. Yeah. Grade schools have managed head counts without any real issues for years, but yep. uh, a small group of divers couldn't figure that one out. Oh. That's a yikes. Yeah. <laughs> it is. <clears throat> All right. So the story that, well, it's not really a story. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So I just thought that I would like come up with like a bit of statistics kind of. Yep. And like this list about... The most common paranormal beliefs. This one's in the U.S. because even though you and I are Canadian, um, the U.S. kind of dominates a lot of things in media. I know that's shocking. But this is a U.S. list and I feel like it probably accurately represents things. And this is from... Um, <clears throat> I'll say the website in a minute here, but it was an article done by Bailey Bennett and it says, uh, for typically, or sorry, for every skeptical scully in this world, there's an equally susceptible Mulder who always wants to believe. So I don't know if you got the references there, but yep. that was, uh, an X-Files reference. Yeah. You scully gotcha. Mulder. Um, so, according to a recent study by Chapman University, and this was 2017, those believers who are willing to accept a range of paranormal phenomena from 
from aliens and ghosts to ancient civilizations and Bigfoot. So basically that kind of says like there's lots of skeptical people, but there's also like pretty much an equally as big number of people that believe. And the people that believe are actually willing to accept pretty much almost every major like category of paranormal slash like unexplainable stuff. Yep. So, um, <clears throat> so it says that the study which looked into the fears of 1,207 random Americans across the USA, they found that most, the most common paranormal belief among those people was, what do you think it was? The most common paranormal belief? Yep. So, and I just want to, like, make it clear that it's, like, from aliens to ghosts to ancient civilizations to Bigfoot. So, it's... Okay, so... It's not just, like, the ghost that's watching you sleep in your closet. Like... If, if, if we're going with Americans and from A to Z in paranormal, I'm going with Bigfoot. I feel like a lot of... Americans believe in Bigfoot. And it's not to say that Canadians don't, but I'm just... <clears throat> well, I do have a stat on that one, but that's actually not the number one belief out of all paranormal and unexplained things that most people have. This one actually interested me. And I don't know if Chapman University um, is the leading statistical... <laughs> uh, people to be following but yeah. it seems it sounds like it was probably decent enough yeah um 55 percent of the people that got um asked about this actually picked that they believe that Atl atlantis existed that was like oh, really yeah the number one most <laughs> common belief between wow. those people i never would have guessed that one yeah which is like Something most people know at least a little bit about, but it wouldn't be my first thing to jump on board with either. But yeah, yeah. So, and the next one, the next most popular belief amongst people that are already likely to believe in stuff, basically, yeah, was people agreed that places can be haunted by ghosts and spirits. So, 52% yeah. of all people believe that. Um, 35% believe that aliens have visited Earth in in the past. Um, in the ancient past. And even fewer, only 26% of people believe that aliens have come in modern times. That makes no sense to me. <laughs> like, more people believed Atlantis was real yeah. than... They believed aliens exist. Yeah, by that's quite a bit. That's baffling. I, <clears throat> I still I get that that, you know, there's no, not exactly the most provable evidence, um, necessarily of aliens, but I feel like it's silly to believe that in the entire universe we are the only intelligent life. Yeah. So you obviously believe in aliens, yeah. right? Do you believe in ghosts and spirits? Yes, yeah. right? Um, do you believe in Atlantis? Yeah, I I believe it existed. I don't... I So I know of it, but I don't know much of it. I don't know a ton of it either. That might be something we should read about and talk about, but yeah. I mean, the idea that it existed isn't irrational to me like oh yeah yeah i don't think so either i believe they th atlantis was pegged as like it's just the name for something that actually exists i can't remember i'm getting yeah and i'm i'm not even sure i've read some theories about it but atlantis isn't a thing that i have generally looked that much into um yeah me neither 
So the beliefs that held the lowest percentage of people were that some people can move objects with their minds. So only 25% of those that asked thought that. 19% um, thought fortune tellers and psychics could see the future. And only 16 thought Bigfoot was real. Really? So the lowest one <laughs> is the one that you thought was going to be the highest <clears throat> one. I absolutely thought that would be higher. Now, maybe maybe it's more Canadians believe in the Bigfoot. Yeah, maybe. Because I feel like I could ask like five out of ten people for sure around here and they would absolutely say that. They thought it probably did. Oh, yeah. I absolutely have had uh, friends and people I've worked with in the past that... 100% believe that Bigfoot exists. So maybe that is more of a Canadian thing. Yeah. I th I feel like maybe p less people in 2020 are even talking about Bigfoot. But I feel like when we were, like, kids in the 90s... Yep. Um... I feel like every other conversation I was having with my friends was about Bigfoot. <laughs> like, all the time. And dinosaurs, but that's yeah. another... That one actually exists, but... Yeah, exactly. I There was a lot of talk about Bigfoot and quicksand Yep. in the 90s. There was documentaries on Bigfoot <laughs> in the 90s that yeah. I remember watching. And you never hear anything about it now. I mean, it was, it was such a popular thing in the 90s that it... Carrie and the Hendersons. Yeah. Yeah. A classic movie about Bigfoot. I <clears throat> don't know for sure if I believe Bigfoot exists, like, at this point in my life, because I'm almost, like, I'm 38, but um, I don't know. Yeah. Because, so, we're, like, two months into the coronavirus lockdown. Yep. Of 2020, and... Had we been having this discussion two months ago before that started, I would have probably said, I absolutely don't believe in Bigfoot because humans have been everywhere. Humans have the technology to, like, videotape things um, and uh, get evidence of things like that. And we've covered, like, pretty much all of Earth. Nobody's caught a Bigfoot, this and that. But... This lockdown with people being in their houses and staying out of nature and out of different environments, like, yeah, animals that they haven't seen in a long time are starting to come out. Oh, yeah. And I feel like, I can't remember what it was, but I feel like at least one animal they thought was completely extinct, they saw evidence of, or something like that. Yeah, I want to think that I read something about that too and i just i can't remember now but yeah 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 but i just feel like the human presence is so strong and affects environment so bad and i'm talking about like negatively yeah yeah i mean there's positive sure. stuff too but um i actually think maybe that's true i don't know but then again like maybe we would have found hair that we could have looked at in a lab and it didn't match any other creature ever and that would have been more proof because we don't have things like that but i'm i i guess i still believe that the possibility of it is there i don't know how about you yeah for sure <clears throat> i think that the possibility exists um i don't think it's ridiculous to think that Something like Bigfoot that would obviously be fairly intelligent if he's been able to stay mostly unseen this whole time. And <clears throat> there's not much more to go off of than the, the grainy videos and uh, photo evidence of the 90s, <laughs> it seems like. But um, I don't think it's impossible. I don't. Um, without getting too in-depth um, into another topic or anything like that, but just making a point is the same as Loch Ness, uh, Ogopogo. Yeah, yeah. Um, another very believable, very elusive creature that really has nothing but the grainiest 
<laughs> videos and photos to go off of from the 90s. And... <clears throat> And that, but I think it's possible. I definitely, I think it would be silly to say it's it's impossible. Is it likely or probable? Yeah, maybe not, but possible for sure. Yeah, I definitely have the same belief. But out of all of those, I absolutely believe the most in ghosts and spirits. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't even wonder if they exist. Like, I believe they exist, like, for sure. Yep. Yep, so. for sure. There's too many strange and unexplained things mm -hmm. that happen. And I don't, I just, I can't actually wrap my head around the fact that death is just the end. You're just done. Yeah. There's, there's got to be some sort of spiritual thing after we, we have a soul, like we, we are not just a human. We die done. Nothing like, I don't know. I just, I, that is not believable to me. Yeah. I could actually talk about that topic forever, but That's I true. feel like we're getting really close to the end of our hour. And this one feels kind of like. A mixture of a little bit of this and a little bit of that we got like some murder we or not murder but some death and disappearance stuff yep we got um some paranormal stuff we got um some history with the Banff springs hotel kind of with some paranormal stuff um we got just a few, I, I think it's a good representation of the kind of stuff we're interested in. Although, like next week, I feel like when we specifically lock into one story, we're going to have more facts, more details. We're both going to know what we're talking about. So we're going to have time to <laughs> think about some deeper questions or yeah. ideas on stuff. But this one I thought worked out really good it was fun for our first uh episode ever yeah um i think i think it was it was definitely good it was definitely fun it was a a nice way to dip our toes into the yeah. the podcasting world and a really good way to represent basically what we're doing with this podcast we're we're going to be doing mysterious we're going to be doing unexplained murders paranormal it's ghosts it's it's everything that we're gonna do rolled into one really quick episode to give you a little taste of yeah. what's to come yeah and like i said we we're canadians so i'm gonna try to maybe throw something out maybe not every time but make a mention of where we live because we're like very proud canadians i'm yeah. I would never want to be mistaken for American. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Um, but I know that a lot of podcasters are proud about where they come from, and I am too. We're from Alberta, which lots of people call the the Texas of Canada, which yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't go over the greatest sometimes, but... Um, it's just a really interesting time right now to be in Alberta because we are an oil field farming um, province and it's the economy has just been completely smashed because of the coronavirus yep. um, and ev not everyone I know but large amounts of people that I know don't have jobs right now uh, because Pretty much everyone I know is a farmer or someone kind of related to the oil field. I do know some retail workers and stuff, but for the most part, I think even the town we live in is oil field or farming based in yeah. some way. Like, yeah, for sure. It's almost impossible to live in Alberta and not have a family member or a friend that is either in the oil field or a farmer 
Yeah. I know uh, I have a I have a bunch of friends that are farmers and even more that are oil field workers that yeah. I've worked with in the oil field. So yeah. that's just part of Alberta, part yeah. of our heritage. It is. And I'm Alberta is very diverse and I love it. Yeah. Um but that brings me to Another thing that we might want to talk about is conspiracy theories. And oh, yes. because of the coronavirus, I have heard a bunch of conspiracy stuff going on with that too. Maybe we'll talk about that one day. Who knows? Definitely. But um, I just wanted to say to our to our listener, get it? <laughs> get it? <laughs> I just wanted to say, whoever's listening, thank you for tuning in. And like all things... Um, we're going to develop what works for us, uh, some smoother conversations and stuff. I know we were both kind of nervous, yeah, but yep. as we got to the end of this, I feel like we got a bit more comfortable. And I think that's just with anything in life. So I want to thank you for listening. Yes, thank you. And uh, our podcast is coming out on Mondays. And um, please tune in next Monday. And it's a topic to be determined by John and I, but we really hope to hear from people who've listened to it. I started an email called Dark Veil, just like it's spelled on the podcast, darkveilpodcast at gmail.com. In yeah. case anyone had any ideas or any feedback for us. Yeah, feedback is great. So... We're, we just, this is a fun thing for us. So yeah. thank you for listening. Awesome. Well, thanks guys. Um, I hope uh, you guys will join us again next Monday for uh, another round of podcast and chill. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. 